If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren, chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. And our call open today is brought to you by Brandon. Yes. Okay, so over the weekend, there's been a little bit of controversy brewing. Uh, A new documentary called The Price of Glee um, is either airing or plans to air on uh, Hulu soon. And this documentary kind of covers kind of the controversies that happened with the show and delves into this whole idea that the cast is somewhat cursed because, you know, you have the, um, the death of Naya Rivera, who plays Santana Lopez, Corey Monteith played Finn, and then Mark Sailing, I think you pronounce his last name, mm-hmm. after he got in trouble for producing or having child pornography. And um, so there's been a lot of pushback because people are like, why are you putting Corey Monteith and Naya Rivera in the same uh, sentence as Mark Sailing? This doesn't make sense. And then uh, another actor, uh, Kevin McHale, came out and said, you know, the cast had nothing to do with this and we don't approve of this documentary. And I guess my thing is just like, um, what do you think of documentaries like this where you you don't necessarily need approval to make something like this? Are you are you for them? Are you against them? Is it a freedom of speech or art type of thing? Where, where do you stand on these documentaries? Personally, um, I think it just depends on the subject. Like, I mean... Like anything else, yeah. anything's open for anything's fair game, basically. So if there's a filmmaker out there, they have the right to do so. But in this particular case, it does seem very salacious that they're trying to document basically tragedy around this show. And for what? Like, people know what happens. There's no real need to revisit it as if the show is cursed or anything like that. It just seems very, very gross. I'm in the same boat. I agree. I think you have the right to make the art that you want, freedom of speech and whatnot. But it definitely depends on the intention. And the intention here is not to tell a story about a love show and all the tragedy that kind of happened. This is to draw up some weird conspiracy thing. It's it's very yeah um, and unnecessary. It would be different if like someone made a documentary on like Naya Rivera's life, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, exactly. In a touching way or either Corey Monteith or whatever, like in remembrance of him, but like this yeah. It, it's it's very icky. I I don't know what else yeah. what else to call it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. And with that, we'll transition to our first uh session segment here with what's news. All right, so we have a lot that went happened this week. But first off, we had the Critic Choice Award nominations announced. Uh, at least the first half, we have the TV nominations that have been announced. Uh, the film nominations will be announced on Wednesday, December 14th. And 
Amongst the TV, uh, Abbott Elementary leads all nominations or all shows with six nominations. And Better Call Saul is the next, which leads with five. So good for Abbott. Um, yeah, for sure. Had a great first season and pretty excellent second season so far over at ABC. Um, oh, where's the nomination? Other standouts for the nominations. Uh, so Best Drama, of course, Better Call Saul is among a company along with uh, Andor, Bad Sisters, The Crown, Euphoria, The Good Fight, House of the Dragon, Severance, and Yellowstone. So that's a very stacked category for there. And for Best Comedy, Abbott Elementary shares the space with Barry, The Bear, Better Things, Ghosts, Hacks, Reboot, and Reservation Dogs. Uh, Yeah, very good group. And then um, sort of a mix of those were within the acting categories. Um, Some standouts. Mandy Moore is here for This Is Us, which many people forgot ended this season after six seasons. Uh, So good for her. Uh, Let's see who else. Um, Two actors from House of Dragon, Millie Alcock and Matt Smith are up for supporting actor and actress. I think that's their only showing for that show other than Best Drama. Um, who else? Oh, Abbott had uh, Quinta and Best Actress and then four uh, actors across the supporting. So Chris Perfetti and Tyler James Williams for Best Supporting Actor and Janelle James and Cheryl Lee Ralph for Best Supporting Actress. So that's definitely a good look. And then there will be, there's a posthumous nomination for best supporting actor in a comedy series for Leslie Jordan for Call Me Cat. So, okay. Every time I hear Yellowstone, I feel like I'm the only person not watching it. Yeah, you're not alone. It's it's <laughs> very much the conservative power. Like, it's 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 gripping because it's sort of like that mix of like that soapy drama from the '80s, and then it has tapped into like a certain demographic. Right. of America um, and Taylor Sheridan continues to sort of pump out the same he's made a whole universe so yeah well I mean I guess they deserve shows too I'm just not I've not right. seen a second of it so right and let's see nominations by this is nominations by um, oh I thought there was nominations by network never mind Anywho, if you want the full nominations, you can go to creativechoice.com. Oh, here it is. Yes, nominations by network. So FX has 15, HBO has 15, Netflix has 15, Hulu with 14, Apple TV and Paramount Plus with 10, ABC and HBO Max with 6, AMC with 5, and NBC and Stars with 4. And then there's a trickling here and there of others. I'm really upset that there's nothing for Andrew with the Vampire, but maybe next time. But yeah, yeah. the Critics' Choice Awards um, voting deadline is January 29th. Um, and let's see, they will air on... Uh, 
Last time I looked this up, it didn't say. For some reason. January 15th. Okay. Okay. Wow. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. So. And I think it's on the CW. Okay. So definitely tune into those. Yeah, they they, they, they come pretty quick once they start the, the award shows. Yeah. Yeah, they're all sort of going full steam ahead and there was more critic circles announcing award today uh los angeles critics uh circle and i think over the weekend new york film critics were announcing their nominations so yeah right things are accumulated in other news um demolition at dc so the fanboys were in a panic this week as james gunn um, who is now co-chief of the DC EU, um, DC Comics Film Universe, whatever, came forward and announced some changes to the uh, future slate. Um, first off, there will be no Wonder Woman three. Yeah, um, I saw that. They're axing that, and people thought at first they were axing Gal Gadot as well as Wonder Woman. But I believe that they still want to work with her. They just had differences with uh, ooh, differences with the director Patty Jenkins, so she is no longer attached to whatever Wonder Woman thing comes next. But Wonder Woman sure. three is not coming as it was before. Um, and basically, there's it seems to be seems that they're going to be using the same actors, so. Godot is still attached. I guess Henry Cavell is still attached. Jason Momoa. Um, but a lot of the projects are changing. Allegedly, there won't be a Man of Steel 2. Um, Momoa's uh, Aquaman will end after the second film. And there's rumors okay. that he's going to be portraying the different DC character Lobo, um, who is like a, I don't know how to describe him, a demon killer? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, he's sort of a known character, but he's definitely not of the top tier, like Superman, Batman, whatnot. Um, and I guess they're still proceeding, of course, with the Ezra Miller, The Flash film. Um, but things will change after that. Um, allegedly there was a Batman film that was brought back Michael Keaton. This was be a Batman Beyond film that's no longer going forward. Um, and we we are still getting the Blue Beetle movie, but things are changing. So they're apparently trying to get as far away from the Zack Snyder esque of of the uh DC verse yeah. and proceeding forward. Everything will be connected between their films, TV series, and animation. So we just have to sit tight and see what happens. Hopefully, this is a win for DC because as of now, they've been somewhat struggling. Yeah, absolutely. They need something. Yeah. Um, Also, rumors that Black Adam 2 is not happening good riddance because black adam was not a good film and apparently it did not make a profit so we'll see what happens there 
Um, and some better news, we all rejoiced this weekend as Brittany Griner finally made it home from Russia. It was announced, I believe, what, Friday morning? Uh, yeah, Thursday or Friday. I can't, it was this week. So. Yes. Late in the week, I should say. Yes, the um, WNBA All-Star, as we know, had been held up in Russia uh, as a result of a sort of unjust um, conviction for cannabis or drug smuggling and was sentenced to nine years over there. Uh, fortunately, President Biden and his administration uh, was able to do a prisoner trade uh, for Griner. Um, they were attempting to get Griner as well as the other prisoner, uh, Paul Whelan, who has been there since 2018, but they're unfortunate could not get him as well. But we did get Griner back home. Um, she's currently at a San Antonio facility, sort of like getting debriefed and whatnot. And I, we just wish her the best, honestly. Right. Um, I can't imagine what that was like. Um, so definitely wish her and her family the best. And hopefully they don't milk her story for, I don't know what, just give us one interview and right. leave it. And back. just, yeah, let her rest. <laughs> Exactly. And in some somewhat shocking news, especially after some news earlier this year regarding this man's brother, um, Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys is facing new sexual assault allegations. Um, if you remember, he, he actually was accused back in 2017 of sexual assault by Melissa Schumann who's a yeah. former member of the pop group Dream. I believe she was his girlfriend at the time. Yeah, yeah. Of the alleged assault. So um, this new woman coming forward, name is, uh, I knew it. I know her last name is Ruth. Yeah, hold on. I forget her first name. But um, she's a 39-year-old woman who's claiming that Carter allegedly raped her after a Backstreet Boys concert in 2001 in Tacoma, Washington. She would have been 17. Her name is Shannon Ruth. Yes, Shannon Ruth. Yes, uh, she was 17 at the time. He was about 21, I believe. Um, but she alleges that he selected her as a group of fans to come to the tour bus after the show where... She alleges he gave her a mixed drink, um, led her to a bathroom, and exposed himself to her, uh, tried to force some activity then, and then allegedly she says that he took her to a bedroom, pushed her on the bed, and then forced himself upon her, and afterwards allegedly threatened her, saying that no one would believe her because she was a, a quote, retarded bitch, um, and uh. Ruth, she is both autistic and uh, suffered with cerebral palsy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's looking icy for them. And, and, and because of this allegation that came out, I think it was ABC was supposed to do something. It's like Christmas with the Backstreet Boys or some shit like that. Either way, it got canceled. It was supposed to happen this coming week, I believe. Yes, exactly. I believe it was supposed to air on Wednesday. They were supposed to have a, a very... Backstreet Christmas with the Backstreet yes, Boys right. promote a holiday album that has been scratched from the schedule. Um, Nick's lawyer's proud statement saying, you know, these allegations are untrue and they plan to prove that. 
um, and uh, Carter's actually facing a lawsuit from Ruth because of this alleged incident. Um, she says, you know, 21 years of self-harm and shame and pain have all come stem from this alleged attack. So um, he also allegedly gave her HPV. Yeah, I saw that as well. From this. And there are other women, her lawyers say that, have uh, have similar uh, accusations against him, including the alleged infection of HPV. So Carter will be facing uh, quite a quite quite a few accusations and court uh, regulations this coming year. Definitely, right, right. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a a example of how fame can somewhat um, just wreck havoc, wreak havoc on a family because despite of all you know they he's achieved and whatnot his family has really suffered from different different trauma and it's just been amplified yeah. by fame and whatnot so i i i don't know what to say about that all right and over to the obits um we had a, a sudden death of journalist grant wall who was covering the yeah. uh world cup over in qatar and it brought up some drama online um a few weeks ago wall was attending the games to cover for you know his job and he was wearing like a pride shirt and of course a lot of the news alcatar has, has focused on their anti-lgbtq rhetoric and uh policies law whatever and he was sort of prohibited from coming to the game because of his shirt like he had to take the shirt off he refused and post on social media that he was sort of like held in custody because of his shirt and he's also supporting his brother who is gay and just you know supporting pride in general well then we come two weeks later i guess he wrote an article about um the incident and the rules in guitar regarding um homosexuality um and then this past week it was reported that he uh died while covering the i think it was the netherlands game yeah it was netherlands versus argentina he uh, he collapsed in his seat where he was working and typing articles okay. and but and, before that he also said that he had been sick for right right there up were to 10 days many reports that he had actually had covid this past summer and then right. was feeling under weather over there currently so as he announced as the reports came out that he had died, all of a sudden there was these rumors that the Qatar government had him killed because of his outspokenness against their policies. And his brother was crying on social media saying that he believed his brother was murdered. It just felt a little, yeah, a little outlandish to believe that they singled out this single person, especially when he. And somebody. And oh, somebody okay. that's so, so prominent. He. Right. For, you know, to speak on his life for a minute, there are a lot of people in the United States right now that are fans of soccer because of Grant Wall. He he broke the game down in a way that Americans could understand. And his enthusiasm for the game really just kind of um, made other people excited about it. And he was somebody that was just kind of 
when you watched him talk about it, whether he was getting called by, you know, Fox Soccer or CBS or ESPN, he's always excited. And he kind of looked ageless. I was surprised when he said he was 48 because he doesn't have any hair. He has a bald head. And I was like, wow, I never knew he was that old. But for as long as I've been watching the U.S. team play or MLS games, Grant Wall has always popped up. So when he, it, when I heard he died, I was like, wait, what? You know, so it's been very shocking. Yeah. Um, and he was only 48. And his, you know, wife posted a message um, thanking, you know, the fans for their heartfelt condolences and whatnot. Um, but it did feel a little reactionary to just assume that this the man government was, killed him. Yeah. was murdered by the government. It, it, it just felt out of whack. Um, I'm right. not sure where that suddenly came about online, but I'm sure there... There is an actual plausible reason for his death. It's highly unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely condolences to his family and his friends and colleagues. Um, I know LeBron James had even spoken out because he had covered him uh, mm -hmm. early in his career as well. So, yes, and sticking with sports related, um, it was announced that Paul Silas passed this morning as well. Um yeah all-star NBA player and a uh, coach. So um, he, I believe he was 79 years old. Yeah. So definitely RIP to both of them. That wraps up our headlines. We're going to go ahead and get into our pre feature presentation. So uh, this past week, on the 5th of December, HBO uh, brought us back to His Dark Materials. This is their uh, series adaptation of the um, novel series by Philip Pullman, which included the Amber, I mean, the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass. So um, season three is the final season of this adaptation. And um, it's been a minute since we had the show on the air. I'm glad they did the little recap because I definitely didn't remember much, but it yeah. all kind of oh. came back to me. During no, I'm in the same boat. I, I I got about five minutes into the show and I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> right. Let me stop and kind of think about this all again. Right. Um, but essentially what's what's brought us to this point, as we remember. Uh, Lyra, played by Daphne Keene, has met Will, played by Amelia Wilson, um, and they've been, you know, jumping through worlds um, uh, as she's trying to learn more about dust and sort of learn about this prophecy that that she's linked to. Um, and the last we saw her, she was kidnapped by her mother, the sinister Miss Coulter, and um, that's kind of where we left off. So what did you think of the first two episodes of His Dark Materials? I liked them. And they kind of, you know, welcomed, them, welcomed us back into the world. And they kind of like really just jumped right into it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, kind of just a way of, how do I say this? Seeing where everything was. Like, why can't I think of her name? Oh, Mrs. Coulter. Her, yeah, I did not know what to expect when we first saw her. I was like, oh, maybe she's like turned the leaf or maybe she, and then as things went on, I was like, oh, nope, she's still crazy as hell. But you can see that she does care, but she's 
maybe going about it the wrong way. Correct. But, like uh, she definitely loves her daughter, but her way of protecting is just harmful. Yeah, and my and, and the part that I was waiting on when the last season ended was to see how um uh whatchamacallit how the role that the angels would play. So to see them and mm-hmm. to see that actually put into, you know, I guess fruition or whatever to actually see them was was really really cool and that that was an interesting part because i guess everybody can get it in this show man everybody like i was like why you kill the angels but right (laughs) right it's definitely down to the wire like they're not they're not going to play nice this final season right but no it was it was these episodes were really good i'm trying to think i kind of like how will is taking on this new we, when we first met him, he was very timid, very shy, very mm-hmm. didn't trust anything. But now he's kind of the driving force. And it'll be interesting to see what happens Whereas once, you know, um, oh, God, why can't I think of her name? The the main girl. Lyra. Lyra, yes. And once she gets back to like full strength. So it's I, it, they were very good, these two episodes. Right, right. Um I, I believe the same thing. I thought these both episodes got right into the narrative. There wasn't any sort of slowness to it. You know, we already are familiar with everyone. Like you said, they only had to introduce the angels. And they, I think that was done very well. Um, and we'll go through some of the themes here in the first two episodes. First, we're learning more about uh, Lord Azrael's war. Um, Azrael's played by James McAvoy. And he's he he's here to take down the uh the authority, the yeah. magis magistratum or yeah magisterium I think is what magisterium yes, um, and he's collectively sort of uh, forming allegiances with different factions. There were those uh, rebels that sort of escaped the genocide from uh, the magisterium that he's. Um, teamed with he's gone celestial and is recruiting the angels um he's also already had the witches sort of on his side so he's he's recruiting um factions as we go and it's interesting to see that there's even divide amongst the angels there's those that serve the magisterium and those that want to rebel against the authority so that was very interesting right right um and then even the mythology behind the authority so I always knew there were, you know, religious tones to the series and how, you know, the church is sort of overstepping its bounds with its rule. But this makes it very plain and clear. Like, basically, the authority came to power as an angel, which we could easily uh, call Satan, basically kicked all the angels out of heaven. and. And took it upon himself to sort of serve this, took him upon himself to become, you know, this sworn leader. And there's another angel that kind of serves him. And I guess we'll meet him later. Um, but he he believes that he's in charge and the authorities sort of serve serve his his rules. That was very interesting. Um just that concept to sort of flip that sort of religious mythology on its head in reverse was was very interesting yeah. um oh were you gonna say something 
I just one thing that I've noted about this show that like I love it. It's great. I feel bad for the people whose demons are like something worthless. Like the guy that's going around like being real mischievous. The guy with the curls, real pretty dude. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He he. Yeah, I think his demon is a is a spider. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I'd be so upset. <laughs> That's why like, I think just get. <laughs> yeah, like you know, people got they got lions and uh, birds of prey, and you get a goddamn spider. Oh, well, I'd be heated. Right, right. Um, like you said, we got the introduction of the angels, and you know, in in their pure form, they're basically just like beings of light. And the, mm -hmm. the special effects are excellent. Um, and they sort of like uh, take on human form for us to see them. And uh, we're introduced to two at first. And then sadly we lose one as a rogue angel kills him in like a yeah. air battle, uh, which was very interesting. Um, but it's, it also shows that Azrael is, is sort of taking no qualms in his attempts to to defeat the authority that he's even torturing prisoners. Um, so there is a bit of madness to his to his method, but um, he's out to destroy this um, this regime that believes they they are in they aren't going to control your fate. Basically, they said there's no free will, and you guys will do as we say, which is insane, right? Um, we also got introduced to some new characters. Um, of course, I can't say the actor's name, but the guy who's leading these sort of rebel fighters. Oh, yeah, the big guy. Yeah, it's General. I can't remember what they were saying. Yeah, but he's he's been in a bunch of stuff. You know, The Wire, yeah. all those things. Um, it's interesting, you know, he, he talked about, you know, what they've done to his daughter and she's sort of stuck in this sort of living coma. Um, right, yeah. The way he talks about how she serves the authority now, it's it's actually very terrifying. Yeah. It's 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 very dark. Um we meet him and then on the other side we meet Father Gomez who has been charged with not only finding Lyra and Miss Coulter but killing them. Um, yeah, for the magisterium, and that actor was definitely um acting like yeah, and that's the guy with the curly hair. I think that's the guy I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. Um, played by oh, I looked this up earlier. Father Luis Gomez, who is played by why don't these things have the actors' names? No, his his demon is a greenback beetle. Okay. Somebody had a spider on him that I did not know. So yeah. Cause his beetle is the one that sort of goes and finds them and then he comes back. Yes. But yeah, he got got a little too early for me. But I guess yeah. he's coming back, you know. Um, uh, he told him that, you know, Miss Coulter's very cunning, don't believe her. Um, but yeah, Jamie Ward plays Father Gomez, but the way he interacted with um, the main villain and like just the way they talked, Father President, as he calls himself, yeah. it 
it just felt disgusting. Yeah, it was very just like it, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think disgusting is the best word. Yeah, it I I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah, that was very interesting. Um and then we have to talk about what's happening with Lyra. So of course we realize Miss Coulter's true motive. She she wants to protect her daughter, but she just goes about the wrong way. So she was basically drugging Lyra, I guess, to keep her sleep so they couldn't find her. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Okay. Cause she she essentially tells, you know, this deaf girl that someone's, you know, keeping her sleep and trying to wake her up. In truth, she's the one keeping her sleep, drugging her and whatnot. But Lyra's having these dreams to where she's sort of um in this sort of desert desolate place and she keeps hearing Roger calling for her. And yeah. eventually she sees him and it's we learn from the trailer also that he's in the land of the dead. So right. it's very much giving, you know, heaven, hell, and like purgatory. Right. So she is, I guess, on a quest to find him and the others that are quote unquote dead. Yeah, um, that seems like his main her main thing is still to get Roger. Right. And I was not expecting to see him back in the in the story at all. So that was a surprise to me. Yeah, neither was I. Um, which I also love because it goes right back to the first season. Like everything is pretty much staying connected, which which is making this series really good. Um were there any was there anything else in this in these two episodes that stood out to you? I'm trying to think. Not really. We got a little bit from the main witch, but not too much. Mm-hmm. So we know they're still in the picture. Um, no, I think I was really just kind of, I'm really kind of interested in how they would interact with the angels. And I was, you could kind of tell when they split up that one of them was probably going to die or get hurt. But yeah, um, I'm interesting to see how they play out because there's that part where Will and I think I think it will has already woken up Lyra and he's gonna like we're like we're going to go somewhere else and that angel just just dips out. So I, I doubt that's the last we see of them. Right, right. Um and of course, you know, we learned the full prophecy. The Magisterium believes that Lyra is Eve and they call her the mother of sin. And as long as she exists their rule is is threatened because of course sin is bad and right whatnot so this is why they are focusing on killing her um again she is a child but yeah so yeah i i, I love these first two episodes everyone's doing an amazing job um ruth wilson is also always amazing to watch um Daphne Keene is a great actress, a great young actress. Yes, she is. She's very good. Uh, she does a great job. All the voice acting for the demons and whatnot is good. Um, James McAvoy, of course, he's great. And uh, I believe the episode ended with Will and Lyra escaping just as Lord Asriel arrived. 
right yeah. to where they were so now he's going to have to find them again um so we have Azrael looking for Lyra and the Magisterium looking for Lyra it's it's going to be definitely a race um yeah. with that with uh life or death implications so episodes right. three and four will premiere on Monday uh, December 12th so definitely we tuning in for those and when we come back we'll get into our streams of the week all right so this week um not a lot of streams but a lot of news about streams that are coming up there were a lot of series announcements uh, left and right. Um, I know we we didn't get an exact trailer or anything, but Yellow Jackets will be coming back in February, I believe. We'll get season two of that. Um, and just a lot of other series announcements. Um, so let's just go from the beginning. Um, HBO, of course, dropped a lot of news. First up is Pelosi in the House. Uh, this is the Nancy Pelosi documentary that was directed by her daughter, actually. Um, yeah. Rives on December 13th. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, did you watch the trailer? I did. I watched the trailer. And it's at one point in the trailer, her daughter says that she's kind of been following her mother around with the camera for like 20 years. I'm not sure how serious she is about that, but... Uh, that would make sense because Pelosi got into the position. She became Madam Speaker when George W. Bush was still president. And uh, you see a bit of that in the trailer. But um, no, it looks interesting. For all of our lives, Nancy Pelosi has been there and now she's stepping back. And it's kind of like, huh, it's an interesting time in history. So I think she is a good person to have a, a documentary. This would be inter interesting to watch. Yes, yes. And again, that's on HBO December 13th. Um, staying within the HBO realm, we got our first look at the second season of Perry Mason, which arrives on March 6th. Uh, this stars Matthew Reese as the lawyer years before, you know, the, the original TV series. Um, and it looks like most of the main cast is returning. Um, in addition to Reese, we have... Um, Chris Chalk, of course. Oh, that's not the right one. That's literally the old age, the original Perry Mason. <laughs> this Perry Mason. Um, but we have Chris Chalk. We've got Shea Wigman coming back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what's the woman's name? Oh, oh his like Rylance. Yes, Juliet Rylance. Yeah. Um and a lot more uh lot more new cast members including mark o'brien who i remember from city on the hill that first season yeah um and let's see the season synopsis is as described below months after the dawson case has come to an end the sign of a powerful oil family is brutally murdered when the da goes to the city's Hoover reveals to pinpoint the most obvious of suspects, Perry, Della, and Paul, find themselves at the center of a case that will uncover far-reaching conspiracies and force them to reckon with what, is, what it truly means to be guilty. Hmm. So yes, I'm definitely excited for this. Um, 
it was a great show. Great first season. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but that first season was riveting. Yeah, the the writing's so good. You really do get pulled into the mystery of it all. And like, I love shows like this because they do make you wait for next week, but we've been so used to being able to binging stuff and it kills you to have to wait. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. So again, season two arrives on HBO Monday, March 6th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and then we got This Place Rules. This is another uh, documentary, correct? Uh, yes, it's like a kind of, I think it is a documentary, but yeah. And um, this one follows, oh God, I can't remember his name, but he's a journalist kind of, uh, I'm not sure how you would rule him. I think his main title is a journalist, but he, uh, Andrew Colligan is his name. And he travels across the country, and this is all before the January 6th things. And so this was taking place in 2020. And uh, he just talks to people. It's kind of what he does, but there's like a, a humorous like bend to it, you know. And but uh, it should be it should be interesting. Okay, definitely yes. Like all the post political stuff, post politics yeah. is going to be very interesting to capture this time historically and then hbo's coming with the heat again with white house plumbers yeah um, this looks really good yes this is another um nixon wargate series starring woody harrelson and justin thoreau they are playing the two masterminds behind nixon's spine scandal and the two that basically are the reason why they got caught so right yeah um, it has a, a great cast as well. We've got um, Lena Hetty, um, Domhnall Gleeson, which we just saw in The Patient, Kiernan Shipka, David Krumholtz, and Nelson Asens Nelson Asensio. So yeah, very excited for this. Um, Harrelson and Thoreau play Edward E. Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy, who basically were tasked with um, spying on the Democratic Party for Nixon and thus got caught. Um, it should be interesting. The cast is stellar. We've got Kathleen Turner, uh, Gary Cole, Ike Bar Barnholt, Judy Greer. I, I can't wait for this. Yeah, it, it looks really good. And it has a bit of humor to it, too. So I think that's really going to take it up a notch. Yes, yeah, sort of like a dark comedy. And, you know, this right. is interesting that this came out after the other series, which was Gaslit, which was definitely more on the drama side uh, <laughs> that focused on the Watergate scandal. I guess I'll watch that now. I just didn't at the time, but it starred Julia Roberts um, as Martha Mitchell, who is the wife of, I believe, his Secretary of State yeah i think so and she sort of expected that it was an inside job and then basically it focuses on how they gaslit her into silence like they basically um what's the word i'm looking for smeared her into oblivion yeah which i which was a story i never heard so i'll definitely go back and rewatch that 
But yes, HBO is coming with the heat as well as other people, but it's not TV. It's HBO. Right. <laughs> and speaking of HBO, uh, before we get into our mainstream, I caught the first two episodes of Random Act of Flyness uh, on Friday evening, Saturday morning, because they uh, premiere at midnight. And it's definitely out there, as you'd expect. Um, I'll have to rewatch the second episode because some reason the sound went out. So like things were happening, but there was no audio. But I don't know if it was intentional or if something happened to HBO at the time. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and try to rewatch that. Yeah, I need to watch it. I got to record it. So. Yeah. Um. It. I. I don't know how to describe it. Like. Terrence. Terrence Nance, the creator, is featured heavily in these first two episodes. And a woman, um, she's supposed to be doing some type of ritual ritual or something. It's very high concept, more so than the first season. Like the first season, you you could kind of follow it. This season is sort of doing its own thing. But maybe we'll come together come together later um i also finally finished season two of the comedy south side um i look forward to starting season three on hbo max the show is hilarious it's from the same guys that brought us sherman showcase on ifc um set in chicago all chicago mainly actors comedians you'll see others uh celebrities from Chicago in the series just focuses on two guys who work at a rent-to-own store on the south side and the antics that they get into. It's it's really funny. Like, laugh out loud funny. So, season three is up there now. And then finally, we had the penultimate episode of season two of The White Lotus called Abductions. And basically, everyone's getting abducted in one way or the other. Um... <laughs> Uh, what were your thoughts on episode six of the White Lotus? Um, it, kind of a slower paced episode, maybe building us up for something huge to happen tonight for the finale. But um, I thought it was good. I thought we still learned um, some stuff here and there. Uh, let me see, where should I start? Um, I guess the main focal point is still the the two couples, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Ethan and Abhipaz's character. Yeah, and then Daphne and Daphne. Uh, Cameron. Yeah. And uh yeah, so we get that and we see that dynamic. And it seems like Aubrey Paz is playing with Ethan's mind a little bit. And um she is and he's losing it because he thinks that she doesn't believe him like for real, but she's kind of just flipped the tables on him a little bit. But uh it's interesting mm-hmm. to see it play out that way. And then uh that's pretty much what happens there. I guess we slip into the three men, the the family, and that's an interesting thing too. They go and try to find their their relatives, and <laughs> that whole confrontation was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, they basically told them to get away. We don't want you here. Right. Yeah. Um. And also with them, you've got the conundrum of Lucia, sort of. Yes. Originally accompanying them and sort of getting them all involved in her alleged 
dilemma. Um, right. And it's just highlighting the issues with Alfie. Like his his father said, you know, you you just can't save every damsel in distress. Like, right. not every girl is, is a damsel. Um, and even when she leaves with the other guy, they they want to help, but they don't. It, it's it's very interesting that dynamic. Um, and from Lucia, we go to Mia, who has sort of won over the position as singer for the hotel. Um, and she's bargains with Valentina, the manager. Um, she recognized that she likes women and is willing to uh offer her services in exchange for the job and she does and we finally see valentina sort of lose that coldness that <laughs> she's right, already yeah. staring around um and sort of embraces you know who she is um because i think you know she she her being in closet is because you know she's in this position of authority um she doesn't want a certain people looking at her a certain way, certain connotations. And she she's trying to present as respectable, quote unquote, as she thinks she should. Right. What's nuts though is, you know, as happy as we all are to see her friendly relax and, you know, live her truth, you do have to kind of look back like and she was definitely using her authority to get closer to someone just kind of like, oh, what are the politics of this? Mm-hmm. Right. Like moving these men every which way to get close right. to this girl who is already engaged says right right she doesn't want you she's just being nice so yes um and then we get into some other abductions we've got tanya and portia mm-hmm. sort of unknowingly enraptured in sort of like this alleged entrapment um yeah. First, Portia realizes that her fantasy man, I always forget his name, Jake. Uh, Yeah, you got me on that one, too. I forget. But she realizes something's definitely off. Um, He's not taking her back to the mainland. He's just sort of like drunk all the time. He doesn't have any aspirations. And then when she... Right. You know, ask about his uncle and what now she learns that, you know, he's dead broke and that he only works with him because he saved him, quote unquote, pulls him from the deep hole. So right. her mind is racing. And Tanya, after learning about the nephew, is sort of creeping to her own suspicions, but she she's back enamored one she's highly intoxicated like the cocaine cocaine. um so she's and you know uh tom holland's character tom hollander's character entices her again with a beautiful man so she she's trying to stay aware but she's falling victim to all these temptations and then she stumbles upon a photo that has her husband and uh, what is Tom Hollander's character's name? Oh, hold on. I just saw it. Or I just saw it. I'm literally looking at the cast list. Oh God, 
It is Quentin. Quentin, yes. Yeah. There's a photo of Quentin and her husband, Greg, and Quentin previously talked about how his one true love was a cowboy, but it could never be. And things are falling into play. She's like, what exactly is going on? Right. And like, that's what a lot of people kind of put together that the fact that he connected to her was it had to be something with her husband. People put that together like a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. But yes, if you go back to listen to the phone call, who's on the phone saying, you know, she doesn't expect a thing. Right. Yada. yada. Uh, we all assume that he's speaking to another lover somewhere else, but it could possibly be Quentin. And this is all some sort of scam to get her out of her money and whatnot. Um, it's it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, just going back to the couple, as they're sort of like the central focus here, um, Ethan is definitely experiencing the same thing he did to Harper. And it's always amazing that usually they say, you know, as soon as, you know, the tables are turned, men can't stand to think that some other guy has pleasured their wife or their girlfriend. It eats away at them yet. He had no problem doing that same thing to Harper and just sort of push it to to the side. Um, but yeah, he's, he's spiraling. Like... Yeah. Him walking in the room and envisioning what's happening and looking at Harper and just not being able to separate her from camera is it's very interesting. I, I literally want to scratch my eyes out whenever their couple, that couple is on the screen because if they just said what was on their mind, they could, could just get over it. But yes. <laughs> it seems like every scene, they're so close to just saying it. Like all he had to say to her was that Cameron owes the sex workers $1,300. And that's what we're talking about. Bam, that shit's over. And I was just like, oh my God. That's literally it. But instead, he's like, can we talk about this later? No, <laughs> talk about yeah. it now. Like, dude. And, sh- and she has every right because he did lie to her. Yeah, he did. Sure, you didn't sleep with him, but why lie about it? For some guy, exactly. you really know that you don't even right. lie. Yeah, you clearly detest this man in every sense of the word so and Daphne's just having the time of her life she got a massage which many people suspect she was just out there fucking the masseuse because she was gone for hours and then she's back like nothing happened so the real question is now who do we think the body is in the ocean or bodies I don't think it's anybody uh like important i think it may be i don't know it's not going to be somebody that we know no i feel like it could be like a like jack or like even quentin or somebody like that i feel like it's not going to be one of the core characters mm-hmm. yeah, Definitely. that's my theory it could be some misdirection right exactly we shall find out as the uh, season finale airs this week. Um, it's been a good season. It has. It, it's been a good season, but I will say that there are maybe too many storylines. Like, there's a lot going on, and I, 
I'm not sure how it's all going to tie up tonight. My fear is that it ties up in a very sloppily unclean way, which I mean, maybe that's what they're aiming for, but um, there's just so many loose ends right now. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll have to see exactly what happens. Yeah. All right. Um, don't have a pick six because no. didn't really watch a lot. I planned to, but it just didn't happen. So yeah, here's it I. But what will you be streaming for the weekend? So this weekend, or well, I think I want to say the fifteenth. Uh, the documentary on um. HBO Max about Miss Cleo called Call Me Miss Cleo comes on. And Miss Cleo is such a big part of anybody that was watching TV in the late 90s, 2000s. If you let the TV on, Miss Cleo came on about 1130 to four o'clock, I swear. So yeah. um, I'm excited to see that, kind of learn about that. And then the World Cup finishes this coming week, though. Semifinals are Tuesday, Wednesdays, and the final will be a week from today on Sunday. So I am going to be anticipating that. That's that's really it. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I I think I want to start second season of Firefly Lane on Netflix. And um, I also tune in to the Miss Cleo documentary because I, I clearly forgot she passed away, for one. Um, yeah, so did I. That was sort of sudden in the last few years. Um, and then come to find out that all this was a fraud. So it's definitely interesting to see how this sort of came together in the documentary. Right, right. And then I believe the clean lady has its missing finale tomorrow, which is two hours. It's one of the last shows I actually watch on broadcast TV. Um, so I'll be tuning into that. And it comes on Fox. So we thank you for listening to this another edition of It's the Streamable Life podcast with Brandon and Lauren. Please rate and review us. It really helps with our listens. And we will be back the next week to discuss the finale of The White Lotus and whatever else we've been watching. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace.